With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. We just wrapped up the uh, press conference for, I can't believe I'm actually saying it, Eubank Jr. and Connor Ben. On the behalf of Connor Ben, is this complete genius move or utter suicide? Well, I mean, it's a tough fight. Um... It's too big to turn down. You know, my job is to provide the options for the fighters and, and for the fighter and the, the training team and the management team to select the option and get the terms right with us. We all know what we're in for here, which is a disadvantage at the weight, but a winnable fight and a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, not just financially, but a fight that will always be ingrained in the history of the sport in this country. You know, for, for people... This fight appeals across so many different generations. You know, the 40 pluses, the 60 pluses, the 80 pluses, plus the, the young generation who are now fans of these two. And, you know, for me personally, this rivalry has been part of our life. You know, at 1990, when I was 11 years old, Chris Eubank stopped Nigel Benn, and it was probably the biggest moment of Matchroom's history, my dad's life at the time. The rematch three years later, I was at, it was 44,000 people. It was a foggy night at Old Trafford. 18 million watched on ITV. This is the moment for this fight. There's no marinating because it was never, in my opinion, this fight was never going to happen. And it was one conversation with Conor Ben and Tony Sims. It was the, the, the weight that he came into the, the Van Heerden fight. It was the improvements that he was making. I think, I think we can beat him. I do. I watched that Liam Williams fight and I think, he can beat him. Tough fight, great fight, massive fight. Biggest fight we've ever done. Really? I think so. I mean, listen, we could have done three or four Wembleys, right? We, we chose the O2 for various reasons. October, you know, we wanted it in an arena. It's the biggest grossing event in the history of the O2. Um, massive, massive. I mean... This is going to break pay-per-view records. You see last night, you know, ITV, Channel 4 News. This fight just reaches so many different demographics. 
Of course, uh, a major part of this fight is the history, and I want to get sort of your reaction to what your dad said when this fight was made. He obviously played a pivotal role in making the two fights between Eubank and Ben. Yeah, I mean, my dad made the first fight. He made the second fight. He wanted to make the third fight. They couldn't get that fight made because it was very personal. And the hardest thing for me over the last three or four weeks has been saying nothing because it was very frustrating, especially the last four or five days where I really wanted to almost goad Eubank to actually sign this contract. He was chilling. He was in Vegas. I think he, he was always taking the fight, but you, you live and learn so much in boxing that when there's a delay like that, you think something's up. It wasn't. He was just couldn't be bothered to sign a contract. He signed it when he's ready. But this is so personal on so many different levels. There's, there's so many different dynamics in this fight, you know? I mean, when you actually look at the people sitting up there at the top table, Ronnie Davis, who of course was in the corner for senior in the first, second fight, most of his career. Tony Sims, who was friends with Nigel Benn and, you know, probably aren't working security on a lot of the DJ nights. And, you know, they grew up together. Me, whose dad promoted the two, the two fights. And, you know, it's just mad to sit here and think that... I knew this fight was big, but the response... It's just blowing my mind. Did you forget the question? It wasn't really a question. Oh, so what did your dad say when this fight was made? Oh, right. Um, <laughs> he didn't think Eubank would take the fight. Why? Because we've been there before. You know, I said to Junior today, finally, you've got a monster with you. You know, there's so many big fights that I felt we could have made previously. Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez, maybe a Billy Joe Saunders too. But I have to thank Cali Sowland because that bridge has enabled us to be sensible here. And I don't think without Calla representing Chris Eubank, I don't think this fight would have been made. Okay. And Frank Smith, who did, did, did most of the legwork in this fight because it was a constant, constant, you know, pressure, communication, just... Day by day, don't give up. We could, have, we could have walked away from this fight many times. Connor could have as well. In fact, he was close the last few days. I feel very, very sorry for Frank Smith. Yes, Frank Smith's in a tough position on this one. Uh, yeah, first pay-per-view for DAZN. I know KSI is mm. doing one with DAZN, but from a pure boxing mm. sense. So how do you think this does? Absolutely massive. I mean, this is, you know, DAZN is a game-changer in boxing. And people, you know, you, you get like the boxing hardcore who like to sort of, moan and say, oh, game changer. But this is, this is going to just do huge numbers. And in fact, so is the KSI fight. You know, combined, these two do well over a million buyers combined. And that's a million new people to the zone platform. Um, Can you give me a number? I, I think this, if this fight was on Sky... I believe this would break all pay-per-view records. So we have to be aggressive in that space. We have to push, and there's no reason why we can't get towards that number as well. You know, my number, which I said to you, and this is just my predictions, is that the KSI and this fight do well over a million buyers between the two of them. Um, and just a massive moment for the platform. Eddie, so you've got a situation where Eubanks trained himself quite a bit, um, Connor Ben's jumping up two weight classes, essentially, one and a half. 
So, in your opinion, who's at a more of a disadvantage? Connor Ben. Connor Ben. I think we, you know, that would be the common sense answer. We know how difficult it is to come down those extra pounds when it's really tight. Eubank's never been a massive middleweight, but he has boxed at 168. To give you an example, when Connor Ben boxed Chris Van Heerden, he came in the ring at 170 pounds. He put on 23 pounds. It was actually too much. But I expect Connor Ben to be around 163 to 165 in the ring. And I expect Chris Eubank Jr. to be about 168. But he's the bigger man, without question. Um, how much will that three pound hurt him? How much will the rehydration the next day hurt him? It's fair, is the best way to describe it. I see this as a bigger disadvantage to Conor Ben because he's a big welterweight, but he's a small light middleweight and he's fighting just above the light middleweight limit, but he's fighting a middleweight, but who is having to come down. It's a really interesting dynamic. And, and all the things that Eubank said up there at the press conference, I actually think he, he was being truthful in terms of what he was thinking. I think this training camp for him is about the weight. They think they're going to walk through Conor Ben. They just have to make that weight right. And that will be a big focus. And that may be a mistake as well. Can you tell us what the uh, rehydration clause is for Junior? No. But um, it's certainly less than an IBF one. Um, and what I will tell you, it's at 11 a.m on the Saturday, which generally it would be at eight or nine. So these are all things that Tony and Connor insisted on. And we went backwards and forwards with Wasserman um, and with Chris Eubank Jr. and everybody. There, there was a real feeling, to be honest with you, as much as there is a rivalry, that we have to get this right in terms of as fair as it can be. Everyone wants an edge in life and in business. But I actually feel like we've found a middle ground. You know, the, the only difficulty in closing the deal was Eubank wanted his name first and he wanted to walk second. And the walking second was never agreed. And it was a last minute request that Conor Ben went, fuck it, walk second. And I didn't think he'd do that, to be honest with you. Tony Sims said, if Junior comes in above 158 and a half pounds on the Friday at the weigh-in, the fight's off. They have the option at a certain weight for the fight to be off, yeah. And it's 100 grand for every pound that he's over? No, it's more than that. I'm not going to tell give you numbers, but it's more than that. Okay. Last one on this fight. You guys were talking about Broner, uh, Keith Furman, Ugas. So how much of a temptation was it to go down the 147 route and ignore this fight? You couldn't ignore this fight. It's too big to ignore. But for people, I mean, some people say this is like Brook against Golovkin. Let me tell you something now. Chris Eubank Jr., is absolutely nothing. You don't don't compare him to a prime Gennady Golovkin, firstly. Number two, I'll put it to you like this. Conor Ben could have boxed Keith Thurman. Listen, if he really wanted to go for a final eliminator, he could have boxed Jerron Ennis. He could have boxed Virgil Ortiz. They are all tougher fights than Chris Eubank Jr. And this pays three times more money. Sometimes opportunities come around Financially, legacy, profile, everything. And Conor Ben called this on and he got it. So, he so you, you weren't struggling to get a welterweight in for Conor? No, we, we could have got welterweights in for Conor Ben, but 
to be honest with you, after we went down the road on Eubank, all of those fights, they weren't unappealing to him. But to come back and say, all right, you're now going to fight Danny Garcia or like for a third of the money. Once we looked at the numbers, once we worked with Wasserman, there was no turning back on this fight. Too big to ignore. Okay. So you've got Usyk Joshua 2, Canelo Golovkin 3, and Eubank Jr., Conor yeah. Ben. How'd you like me now? Sorry, I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> that is just a no context yeah, moment there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, when you left Sky, you said a, a big reason for that was to stop coming on IFL and other channels and sort of defending pay-per-view. Defending weak pay-per-views, yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, I know Joshua is on Sky Sports box office, but you've got two disowned pay-per-views that you guys are putting on within less than four weeks. So can you see why people are moaning about that, perhaps? Yeah, of course, everyone moans about pay-per-view, but it's not, it's so easy to have the conversation about those fights on pay-per-view. The issue that we always used to have was creating fights that people would argue aren't pay-per-view and trying to put a night together to justify them being pay-per-view. And we always did it, by the way. Like, outside of Bellew Cleverly, too, which I always joke about, there wasn't really a pay-per-view event that we put on that didn't provide value for money. But it was a constant argument, you know, is Chisora Parker pay-per-view? Is White against Rivas pay-per-view? Is And the answer was we had to use that model. But don't ask me is... I mean, we, we said, you know, when we talked about zone pay-per-view, mega fights only on pay-per-view. Ben Eubank would break all pay-per-view records on Sky. No one can argue about that being a pay-per-view. Now, what we have to do is put the schedule together, which will be announced shortly, where we have to make those big fights with those big names and make those fights that used to be pay-per-view on Sky on the DAZN platform, which you will see within this schedule. But there will be fights occasionally, mega fights, that land on pay-per-view. Anthony Joshua has pledged his future to DAZN. Canelo Golovkin, probably the biggest fight in the sport. Eubank Ben, one of the biggest fights of all time in British boxing. Yes, they will be pay-per-view. But now it's up to us to build the schedule around those pay-per-views and provide those nights where I used to have to go to war with you guys to justify being part now of the normal subscription schedule. Okay. Just a couple of things before we wrap up. Um, Callum Johnson, Joshua Boatsy, I know Queensbury won the purse bid for that, but you're saying that fight won't happen? We, did, we didn't bid. That, that we never had, you know, listen, everyone knows we're trying to make the uh, Bivol fight. There's issues going on with the WBA and Golden Boy we're talking to. We've also accepted the IBF final eliminator against Jean Pascal. So we were never taking the uh, Callum Johnson fight. We didn't bid for that fight. It's not a fight we're looking at at the moment. Of course, we'd love to, but I, I need Joshua Boatze to even get a shot at the world title or fight a final eliminator. And, and worst case scenario for him is the final eliminator against Pascal, which we've already accepted with the IBF. Thoughts on the back and forth between Fury and Chisora? I, I, someone told me today that Tyson Fury's announced his retirement again. Yeah. He must be so insecure to have to... Every time AJ fights, he does this. I don't know at what point you would sit there and go, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start talking loads of shit to get publicity to try and take it away from AJ. I mean, you've, you are self-proclaimed the number one heavyweight in the world. 
So what are you bothered about Anthony Joshua for? You know? Um, he doesn't want the money. No interest in the money. Wants half a billion. But I've never seen so many contradictions. I mean, I contradict myself so much. He's on another level. So let's see what happens next week. Let's see AJ knock out um, Alexander Usyk. And then he's coming for Tyson Fury. Last question before Fred kills me. Uh, what's happened with Daniel Yelusinov, Eddie? We, we parted ways with Daniel Yelusinov, I want to say two years ago. I don't know, a year and a half ago. Sometimes there's some people that advise people in boxing that have absolutely no clue. We did a great job with Daniel Yelusinov, great talent, trying to change his style from that amateur style, which was so successful. You know, winning him Olympic gold into a, a fully-fledged, aggressive welterweight. He was making his way. We, we gave him a great extension offer. He chose to turn it down. And he's, his career's just gone down the complete pan. I don't know. You know, these people, people who advise fighters like that, it's frightening. I think he's going to retire. Can't believe it. OK, Eddie, and thank you very much for your time. We'll see you in Saudi Arabia. Safe travels. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.